Well, good morning, everybody. I'm glad y'all are here. This is, if you got something you want to finish up in 2023, you better do it this afternoon because it's fixing to be gone. Uh, I was all prepared this morning to talk about the woman at the well, but something inside me kept on saying, nah, that's not the right sermon for this, this Sunday. And so God put it on my heart this morning, I'm going to talk to you, maybe it's about New Year's resolution, maybe it's about uh, the end times, the things are coming on, everybody uh, makes New Year's resolutions, some of them are kept, some of them are not. I want to talk to you all today about making an important New Year's resolution. I realize that... I realize that what I'm going to say this morning may step on a few toes. I try to keep it secret what I was talking about. It looked like a lot of people didn't come anyway. <laughs> they don't want to hear it. But uh, uh, my intent really is to make you examine your heart and, and where you're at in your walk with God. And with this upcoming year coming, what can you do to get a little closer to the Lord. Uh, I don't know, a few weeks back, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, this is kind of a testimony kind of deal. I went to a cemetery out here and I took some flowers out for my mom and visited with her for a little bit. And I decided I'd go by over and see Uncle Boyd too. Y'all remember Uncle Boyd, Boyd Waldo. And uh, when I was looking at his gravestone, it struck me that I'm the oldest living male Waldo ever that I know of from all the generations back. We all died before we were 55, 58 years old. Lloyd made it to 58. Uh, and it made me realize what Bill Howard always used to tell us. He said, well, I'm glad I'm on the way out. <laughs> and there's a lot of us in here, probably most of us, that are over halfway of our life and we're on the downhill slide we've reached reached the peak and we're getting older we're going down and it's human nature we don't we don't like to think about that uh, I went when the kids were here the other morning I went in the bathroom and started brushing my teeth and I looked up there in the mirror and there was an old man standing there looking at me <laughs> I mean really and I don't know, you don't feel that inside most of the time. You don't feel how old you really are. And it, uh, it got me thinking about the last few days. I guess that's what precipitated this sermon. Uh, am I right with God? Are you right with God? Are you where you want to be right now? The end of time came right now. Do you know for certain where you're going to spend eternity? And that's what I'm going to talk about today. We've, we've been, in the evening worship, we've been talking about, been studying Revelation. Mary's been leading us. She's a really good professor of all this. She really, she, she knows it. She's learning it. And, but it has made a profound difference in the way I feel 
about the end times that are coming today, I'm going to read you all some scripture, just a part of it from Revelation. But uh, before we get to that, find out where I'm at. Uh, we did touch on touch base a few weeks back here about New Year's resolutions. We all make them, but few are kept. I'm going to get in better shape. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to finish some of those projects I got going. John, we're going to work on our A1C, right? We're going to get that number down. But the cookies and all those sweets get coming up at the church uh, fellowship meals, and man, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, this list just goes on and on. But I want to talk today about maybe a New Year's resolution you should think about personally. We don't know when our time will come, where we'll be, what hour, what day. I mean, Jesus tells us that. But we can be sure of one thing, that it will happen. Every one of us in here will die some, at some point in time. Some of us, maybe another 20 years, 30, 40, 50, I don't know. But I can think of a few instances here recently that young people have passed away in our community and burdens my heart to know whether or not they were prepared for because once you're gone you're gone there's no second chance you have to do it while you're here you know we get wrapped up in our daily lives we get this little comfort zone wrapped around us and we get up fix breakfast eat get the kids off school or whatever uh, go to work put our day in pick the kids up from school come home eat supper watch TV till it's bedtime get up the next morning do the same thing over and over and over and we become comfortable with that but every once in a while something pops up and changes us right Kevin Things can happen in our lives that open our eyes. Things become out of the comfort zone. And uh, I, I suppose it's just human nature that we, we do that. I'm guilty as anyone of being in a comfort zone. Uh, man, when I get off work and eat supper, I'm looking for my recliner while Mary's cleaning up the kitchen. She can testify to that. And I usually beat her to sleep but I'm awake by the time she goes to sleep. So what I'm trying to say is we need to break out of our comfort zone a little bit, pick up our Bible, read a little bit, touch people's lives, help, be more godly in what we do. You all remember the, the parable about the Ten bridesmaids, you all familiar with that? Whenever it came time for the wedding, I was waiting, and five of them didn't have any oil in their lamp. And uh, they wanted to borrow some from the five that did. They told them, no, we've got to go on in. You're on your own. 
And of course, the door was closed. And that was it. And this parable that Jesus told us is trying to keep us prepared. He has told us over and over and over in every book in the, in the New Testament about being prepared and being ready because we don't know what hour or what time it will come, but it will come. So my question to you today is, are you ready? Are you prepared? And here's a big question. That's what I want to talk about today. What if you're not? What if you're not ready? What then? You don't get a second chance. If we're not ready, if we're not with God, we know where we're going. And if you believe this book and every word in it, then you know there is a heaven and there is a hell. And I'm telling you, each one of us here is going to be in one or the other. There is no halfway house. There's no stopping at the street light and looking to see which way to turn. You're going to one or the other. That's just the way it is. And God gives us our entire lives. Jesus is with us. We have, I don't know, adult life, say, 20 to 80. We have 60 years, most of us, on average, to prepare and get our hearts right with God. But not everybody does that. In today's society, we have all become so lax, so tolerant of so many ungodly things, we hardly take notice anymore of some of them. We've become accepting of the gay community. We see it everywhere, every TV commercial, every show. I mean, there's somebody there that's gay. Uh, killing babies before they're born. There's nothing, nothing right about that. Nothing. We see sexual atrocities on television, commercials, movies. I mean, it's, there's, there's no hold barred. It's all exposed. And people accept it and even embrace it. Uh, profanity everywhere. This list just goes on and on and on. It's just become so commonplace that we hardly take notice. Can y'all remember when uh, Walmart, Target, you know, grocery store, they were closed on Sunday. You didn't go to Walmart and pick something up on Sunday afternoon or anywhere else because Sunday is God's day and they were closed. And I think in our area, it started in Oklahoma. They call it the Blue Law, I believe. And uh, Oklahoma started opening up TGMY maybe and, and uh, Walmart over here on Sunday. And we were guilty. Man, let's just run over to Walmart. That's something to do. And there's so many things that take place on Sundays anymore. I just made me a list here. Uh, can you remember when the business were closed on Sunday? There were no basketball games for, for the kids, volleyball or baseball tournaments on Sunday. No. 
Sunday was God's day. How many people now just sit at home on Sunday consider it their day off to do this whatever they want to. It's just a day of leisure. Uh, God's holy day has become our day. We take Sundays. I'm guilty. We take Sundays to do what we want to do instead of maybe what God wants us to do. It just surprises me how much patience that God has with His people to tolerate what we do. It just passes my comprehension what, what He tolerates out of us. Now let's go back here and talk a little bit about heaven and hell. Heaven is such a glorious place we can't even begin to imagine how perfect it is. And on the other hand, hell is just as bad as heaven is good. And like I said before, we will, each of us, spend eternity in one or the other. And eternity is a long time, guys. I think I did a children's sermon up here one time about uh, eternity. And I had a piece of rope was like a hundred feet long that goes all the way to the back, a white rope, and I had this much of it painted red on this end. And that this kind of specifies or signals how long our lifespan is in the length of eternity. So eternity, the choices we make now will affect our lives in eternity. Fortunately, God does give us a choice. I'm going to read to you uh, this morning a little bit out of uh, Revelation here in a minute. And it's a long passage, sort of, but it's about the seven angels blowing the seven trumpets. I'm just going to do the first six, and that's going to be plenty of long enough anyway. But I want you to understand that, again, this is God's Word. We, we tend to not read Revelation because well, it's just not very friendly. You know, it's not all, it doesn't make you feel all warm and fuzzy. But I don't think it's supposed to. I think it's God's way of warning us or giving us a signal. Hey, look, it's not when this happens or if it might happen. It will happen at some point in time. What is what is written in Scripture about Revelation is in the book. It will happen sometime. Now, whether you're already passed away, if you're in heaven, great. You're exempt from all this. You're covered. You're covered by God's grace and God's love. But if you happen to still be here, if it came tomorrow or came today, where would you be? Like I say, it's kind of long. and Y'all can read along with me if you want to in your Bibles. Uh, I'm going to start in chapter 8 of Revelation with number uh, verse, verse 6. And I'm just going to talk about the first seven angels or seven trumpets because it's very lengthy. Uh, and again, Mary, thank you for leading our Bible study we've been having at, at night. 
Normally I would have just skimmed over Revelation and considered it unimportant, but it, like I say, it has been an earth-shattering, mind-boggling experience trying to study this because there is so much in there you just can't believe it. Then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet and there came hail and fire mixed with blood and it was hurled down upon the earth. A third of the earth, the whole earth, a third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded his trumpet and something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned to blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of all the ships were destroyed. Now folks, this is not if it happens, this is when it happens. It will happen. This is God's word. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star blazing like a torch fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of the water, and the name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark, and a third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. As I watched, I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blast about to be sounded by the other three angels. All right, this brings us to chapter 9, and it gets a little worse as we go along. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss, and when he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. And out of the smoke, locusts came down upon the earth, and they were given power like that of the scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth, nor any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not given the power to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of the scorpion when it strikes a man. During those days, men will seek death, but they will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts look something like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates, like breastplates of iron, and, like the, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses 
and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails and stings like scorpions. And in their tails, they had the power to torment people for five months. They had over them, in the angel of the abyss, they had over them, they had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon. The first woe is past, and the other two are yet to come. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard a voice coming from the horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates, and the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of all mankind. The number of the mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, and yellow as sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails were like snakes, having heads with which they inflict injury. The rest of mankind that were not killed by this plague still, still did not repent of the work of their hands, and they did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that cannot hear or walk, nor did they repent of their numbers, of their murders, their magic arts, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Now that's the first six angels, and I'm going to stop there because this is long. But I want to ask you a question. Does that not scare you? I mean, it terrifies me if I was still here and this came upon our earth, I would be mortified, not only for myself, but for all the people that I love. I mean, I can't imagine how this would be. And there's millions and millions of people on the earth that don't know God. Now, fortunately... God sent His Son, Jesus. And we have an opportunity to not have to experience any of this. I mean, it will happen, folks. It will happen sometime. It may not be in our lifetime. It may be ten generations from now. It may be a thousand years. I don't know. But if it came today, if it came today, God sent His Son to us as a messenger so that we might be saved. You hear the expression to be saved? This is what we can be saved from. And it's, it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. I would like this morning to challenge you as this 
New Year's fixing start is a New Year's resolution to do your very best to get right with God. Spend a little more time and study, look at your Bible, come to church more, uh, love your neighbor, help them out, give help to those that are in need. The rewards you will receive will far exceed, exceed the effort that you put into helping someone else. God will bless you tenfold for what you do. Uh, now, like I say, God provide us a way out to be saved from all of this. Uh, it gets worse in the Bible and Revelation. It gets worse after the seven angels. This is just getting started, but I wanted to give you all just a look into it if you haven't studied Revelation. And uh, the way out, so easy. Jesus. Love Jesus. I had a slide this morning. Mary, would you click another slide up here? Still there? There you go. I'd like for you all to all read this slide with me out loud. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you carrying a burden today?